Welcome to the Softland Central Podcast, your home for market entry knowledge and resources. Softland Central is brought to you by Softland Partners, an online marketplace to help you find best fit resources for your market entry. Find them at softlandpartners.com. Well, hi, and welcome to the next episode of Softland Central. It is great to see you today. And today, um, we are uh, really privileged to be able to uh, visit with um, Alicia uh, Evangelista. And, and help me, did I pronounce your name correctly? You got it. Excellent. And you're from Swiss Next. So we want to um, really take this time to learn about Swiss Next and kind of what you're doing. And then we'll get into kind of talking about the companies you work with and the different technologies and so on. But do you mind just uh, so that we understand a little bit about what you're doing? Can you give us a kind of an overview of Swiss Next and what you do? Swiss yeah. Next, not Next. Swiss Next. Next. Yeah, there's yes. no T on it, which is confusing to a lot of people. Um, yeah, so at Swiss Next, I am the head of innovation, which means that I work with a lot of startups from Switzerland that are interested in the U.S. Um, I also work with some larger corporations that are trying to benefit from the connection to the United States um, and then also other government agencies in Switzerland. But what Swiss Next is, um, it's a science and technology consulate. So it's a public-private partnership between the Swiss government and uh, various other public and private uh, organizations. And it was established at this point 20 years ago. It was the first of its kind in the world. And it was meant to create bridges between Switzerland and, in my case, the United States uh, to foster research, um, innovation, uh, and also the arts. So anything that's related to science and innovation um, can kind of fall under our purview. Boston is only one of several sites that are part of a network. So there's also a location in San Francisco, in New York, uh, Shanghai, Bangalore. We have a new one in Osaka. We also have some in uh, Rio and Sao Paulo. Um, and then we have some outposts or, or scientific attaches that are located elsewhere in the world. So it's really a, an organization that is was unique at the time. Now there's a, a bunch of other countries that are sort of copying or creating their own versions. And it's been a really um, fantastic model to follow. That's really cool. So sort of the sort of day-to-day -day function, and, and I should explain that our audience are uh, companies that are looking to internationalize and also uh, the internationalization support community who are trying, you know, really looking, as you do, looking to um, help make connections uh, where appropriate. And so uh, understanding a little bit maybe about, um, you know, what is it, uh, and there may be no typical project, but what does a typical project look like? Can you give us some sort of sense of, because you're doing a lot of build, bridge, bridge building, uh, and I'd just love to hear about maybe what that typical project might look like. Yeah, so you were right. There's no typical project, but, you know, we do work with a number of startups and they all have similar needs. And one of our biggest programs is one we run with a Swiss partner called InnoSwiss, which is a government organization that helps startups explore market issues. And so there's a portion of their program. That was a, a boat. <laughs> yes, it was a passing boat. Nice. All right. There's a, a portion of their program that is meant to build up startups in Switzerland. And then when they get to a certain maturity, they can come to the United States through us. 
And so how we work with those startups is both on an individual basis where we will connect them to potential partners, customers, et cetera. And then in a cohort basis where we teach them the questions that all startups have, you know, when they're coming to another country, how do I incorporate myself? Um, How do I hire people? How do I do my taxes? How do I get insurance? Um, Who should I partner with? And more and more for us in Boston, where we're working very heavily with life sciences uh, companies. So how do I go through the FDA process? How do I do clinical trials in the US? And then, of course, industry non-specific, it's how do I get funding? And so on the day-to-day, we're really working with them to help them understand the ecosystem um, for Boston, but also the greater East Coast of the U.S., um, how they get a foothold in that, and then also some cultural intelligence issues of, you know, how is business done in the United States? What's the pace? How do you even write an email here versus how you write one in Switzerland? And all those little details that are very important, but easy to overlook. Sure. And it, I mean, it sounds to me like it goes from the very sophisticated in terms of that technology and, and uh, you know, all, all of the attributes of, of um, I, you know, what, what, where there are matches for them in the ecosystem in terms of uh, partners and so on, down to the somewhat mundane, but, but still really critical in terms of that localization and communication um, to um, potential partners and so on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty, uh, pretty broad brush. So, yeah. in in this time that that you've been doing this work, I've got to imagine you've seen some companies and technologies that come across that really succeed very well, and though, and then there are some that, for for whatever reason, um, don't get sort of the same uh, success. As you look at, you know, best practices and thinking about what, you know, whether it's what the founders are doing or the process they go through or, or even that you go through, w- when you think about that process of, of coming from, whether it's coming from Europe to the US or vice versa, um, where do you see, what, what are the habits or the, um, what's the framework that helps companies succeed the best in that process, would you say? Yeah, that's, it's, it's difficult because I think the, the things that make a person successful are, are sometimes the same things that make a company successful. So, you know, the, the strength of the founders in terms of their charisma and their willingness to ask questions and, and their willingness to ask for uh, introductions mm-hmm. is always um, important. So, you know, one thing we know about the Boston area in, in particular is that it's a small, very tight-knit community. So, the um, entrepreneurs who understand that once they have a good connection, they should leverage that connection, ask them for, for help and other introductions, they tend to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the company itself, you know, a lot of times it has to do with their funding scheme. Um, so Switzerland is a country that has a lot of high net worth individuals. So it's very easy to get early stage funding. Um, but once the companies grow past the seed stage, or even sometimes during a larger seed, um, then they have to start looking to the U.S. And there's a lot of maturity, a lot of understanding that needs to happen around the funding mechanisms in the U.S. in order for the company to be successful. So the companies that are really interested in learning how that works and really understanding the legal requirements for getting um 
investment tend to do a little bit better. And then of course, there's also the technology scheme. You know, so obviously some technologies have an easier market entry um, and that goes in both ways. And, and they need to really understand who the key opinion leaders are in those industries to, to sort of ease that flow. Um, I think the, the Swiss entrepreneurs also are sometimes shocked by the U.S. Um, the idea that a passion and a, and a technology that's answering a really on a critical need is not always enough. Um, sometimes there needs to be a very obvious return on investment in a reasonable amount of time and that the U.S. can be very money driven. And so the, the entrepreneurs who understand that and are not upset by that tend to do a little bit better. Um, and then one, one final thing that I know it can be an issue coming from Switzerland is the lack of diversity. Um, particularly in things like clinical trials or in um, non-life sciences areas in, in the user journey. It's a limited pool of uh, nationalities, obviously, and ethnicities that are available in Switzerland. And not understanding that the U.S. is a diverse market with pockets of people who speak different languages, have different religious or cultural customs, but that they're all the U.S. market can really put a startup um, from Switzerland or anywhere else where it's a homogeneous population at a fairly bad disadvantage. So we work very hard on them to understand that aspect of market segmentation. Wow. Yeah, you hit so many really critical points there. And I, I just thinking about the first point, which in, you know, if I were going to paraphrase is really about um, network and, and yeah. having an understanding of not just you know being open to making connections and, and 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 as you said asking for them, but really about um, and I'll kind of use my words, but but about being comfortable um, giving giving that your new connections and assignments or giving an ask um, yeah. in some way, and I, I don't mean assignment in an aggressive way, but. But what I tend to see quite often in, in, in talking to founders, and maybe you see this as well, is um, a, a lack of clarity in terms of a connection that they want. And, and, um, and that may be who they want to meet by industry, who they want to meet by position or position in industry or by name specifically. Um, but at least what, what I find, and, and maybe this rings true for you, is you know, the, the, the more focused and the more clear that ask is, um, not just making the ask, but, but the, the, the more direct it is in terms of specifically who they want to connect to, the easier it is to sort of activate the net, that, that new network to some kind of positive action. And I guess I see it, I see a lot where companies are coming in and, and sort of they don't have enough focus and by being focused, you actually can direct those resources much, much better and, and get uh, much more efficient connections. But I guess, what do you, what do you see there? Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's really hard to reach out to someone just to say, I want to have a conversation without any input into what that conversation is going to do either for the person asking for it or for the person donating their time. Um, so we do work very strongly with the startups to understand why do you want to talk to this type of person? What are you trying to achieve? And actually taking a step back, um, they have to apply to be part of our program. And so during the application process, we define mm, three to five milestones that are quanti uh, quantifiable. 
and achievable. We use the, the SMART um, format and we work very strongly with them and closely with them during their application phase to make sure that their expectations around what they can achieve are reasonable and um, are actually going to be the right things for them to focus on. And then we actually go through a second layer of review, which is with the, um, the Swiss funding agency to make sure that that is also in line with their broader goals as an organization, not just for entry into the U.S. So they may be going to other markets as well. We want to make sure that everything comes together. In terms of the, the individual meetings, yeah, I think there is a lot of times there's a, a difficulty in understanding how to close out the meeting um, and how to have that, that sort of action item that's next. So we see a lot of informational interviews, which are fine, they're, they're great, but there can be that, that difficulty to then convert that into you know, a board seat or, um, or you know, a partnership of some sort. And so we try to work with them about having an ask at the end of every meeting, every pitch, whatever it might be. And that, that a little bit of that is um, a cultural difference that, you know, the, the people that they're meeting with aren't just going to offer that necessarily. You have to actually ask for things. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it, it's interesting. It's, I, I always hear the comparison between whether it's, you know, Switzerland or, uh, you know, or Europe in general and, and the U.S. Or, or Asia in general in the U.S. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that I, just having traveled around the U.S. a lot um, and, and travel in Europe a lot. I, I'm not sure that that habits are all that much different to start with. I just think the when you're exercising, you know, market entry, where it's such a you have so little sand in the hourglass, right? That time has to move fairly quickly. You either get are going to get traction, you know, within a, a finite period of time, or you're going to you know sort of go back home and um, and it's because you don't have, you know, none of us has unlimited time or resources to sort of market enter, you know, it's time sort of compresses and we have to take advantage of it much better than we do in sort of the comfort of our, you know, whether in the U.S. it's our state or, or, you know, in in Switzerland or or wherever we are. And and so it's not nearly as, I guess what I find is it's not nearly as forgiving. So you, you have to kind of use every minute in a way that's that's more effective, um, and and don't let these opportunities when you're in front of that key person to you know to n- not either have that ask or to set a second meeting or whatever it is, but use that sort of uh, that time well and uh, and honor their time in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that second point is really important. Is most of the time you're asking somebody to do something out of the goodness of their heart or you're you're asking them for a consultation that's probably going to be free. And then you create a business relationship with them, but you really need to make the most of that time. And, you know, if you can, you should keep it as short as possible. And and that way it's not a burden. And so we also talk about things like timing, you know, do you need the half an hour meeting? Do you need an hour meeting? And which one can you really justify one versus the other? Right. No, that totally makes sense. So um, I know that some of your work is building bridges to, uh, everything from the U.S. corporations and sort of enterprise level, and also to um, various universities and research institutions. Can you talk a little little bit about that and some of the resources that are available for the the companies you work with as you're as you're making those connections? Yeah. So we, you know, as I alluded to at the top, we work with anything or anyone that's sort of orbiting the science and innovation space, and so. 
we've had a variety of different partners, um, whether it is, you know, another um, federal office, like we, we work very strongly with the Swiss Federal Office of Energy, um, or if it's with an academic institution. So we work very closely with, for example, the big universities in Switzerland, which are ETH or EPFL or the University of Basel, you know, any of the state funded ones. Um, and then in the US, we have some of the obvious partners like MIT and Harvard, but we also reach out to some of the local economic development organizations. Um, we've talked to all of the, the states that surround um, Massachusetts and, and found out you know, what's, what's special about their industries, who's running their economic promotion, et cetera. So through all of these conversations, what ends up happening is that we form sometimes one-off events or conferences, sometimes working groups, um, sometimes just you know, continuing conversations and we form this big network. And then when we have a, a startup that's coming in, we can plug them into that network um, and, and also vice versa. I, you know, we're, we're technically not helping um, U.S. corporations or startups go to Switzerland, but we have colleagues that are doing that. And so we can sort of catalog their needs and their, their questions and make sure that they get answered. Because, you know, like any government, the Swiss is um, quite complex and it's difficult to know where to go. But you know, a couple of key programs that we've been working on over the years, there's um, a Swiss uh, US Energy Innovation Days that we've done for the last nine years. And it brings together academic researchers, um, but also startups and increasingly now policymakers and funders. Um, it meets once a year. And the idea is to have these conversations that can seed partnerships um, and meaningful collaborations. So we, we've done those for a while. And now we're starting to expand into new realms. So um, we were just discussing doing a quantum focused um, series in 2022 that would address some of the bigger challenges and opportunities in the broad field that is quantum and maybe boiling off some of that um, so that we can get into very specific working groups that can identify why there aren't more quantum startups or, or what the, you know, why the big corporations aren't creating accelerators or things like that, you know, learning from other industries. So um, we also do sabbaticals for, for um, academic researchers and there's uh, student exchanges and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways that we can sort of explore different industry areas, get to know who the main players are, create relationships with them, and then plug in our various stakeholders where necessary. So I, I'd say that Swiss Next. We call ourselves a network, but our, I mean, our key function really is being a network maker. No, that, that sounds fantastic. Um, it, uh, it makes me wish I was uh, Swiss. I could take advantage <laughs> of your great program. So um, I, I, I want to close on, on one last question around 2022. We're now in very late November, the last day of November of, of 21. We're looking ahead to a year with still some uncertainty. Uh, but what gets you excited as you think forward to um, the new year? What are some of the things that you're really excited about in terms of in, in your pipeline and, uh, and whatnot? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would, if you'd asked me yesterday, I would have said everyone traveling um, in 2022 who wasn't able to travel over the last year and a half, but now I'm not so sure um, that that might be the case. But, you know, I think we have over the last year and a half evolved so much. The pandemic has forced us to rethink how people make connections and how they learn and how they change their mindset. And we are trying to take those, that information, those changes and really leverage them. 
So in 2022, we'll continue to do these hybrid virtual um, in-person experiences and try to make the most of people's travels so that there's you know better carbon usage, et cetera. But we're also going to be exploring this theme of shared reality. So how do people come together onto the same page? How do you adjust your expectations, your understandings to, to be able to collaborate really well? And so 2022 for us is going to be a year of exploring how to meet people in the same mind space, which I know sounds fairly um, vague, but that's one of the, the beauties of Swissnext is that we get to explore some of these themes and figure out how to make them tangible. And I think one of the, the things within reality that we will really be exploring is how to um, bolster faith in science and science communication so that some of these great things that are being explored in the labs, some of these things that startups are making and doing, they make it to the public in a way that engenders trust. And so I'm really hoping that this is going to be a successful program and we'll certainly be uh, recruiting people to work with us, both on the academic and the industrial side. That's such a cool mission. I love that. Um, so uh, obviously we'll put your contact info and the link to your uh, website in the description, but mm -hmm. are there particular connections and resources that would be really timely for you to, to connect with uh, now? Yeah. I mean, industry-wise, I think anyone who's working on quantum energy or life sciences are always going to be interesting to us. Um, I'm always looking for connections of service providers for startups and internationalization. So whether it's a reasonably priced uh, attorney or if it's somebody who does FDA or IP, um, and then anyone who just generally has an interest in helping entrepreneurs understand the U.S. ecosystem, I'm happy to, to connect um, and maybe even have a call. And then, of course, you know, the Softland Partners platform is always helpful. Wonderful. Well, that's fantastic. And thank you for taking the time today, Alicia. It's really been great to hear and learn more about Swissnex and, and your great work. Um, we're going to um, uh, certainly, again, put all your info in the description Thank you to our audience. Uh, give us the thumbs up and like and all that kind of fun stuff. And you know, keep uh, keep up with our uh, our next uh, podcast. But um, any closing words before we uh, close up, Alicia? I just thank you for having me. It's been fun. Uh, totally, our pleasure. And uh, I know it's cold where you are today, so stay warm and uh, and keep healthy. And and we'll look to see you soon. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. One-way ticket across the nation, a one-way ticket.